Welcome to All Things Career Podcast. The mission of All Things Career is to provide the unwritten rules of success to people of color. No matter if you have a job or own a business, we want to share information and experiences that we wish we knew earlier in our careers. In 2012, she was a waitress. From 2013 to 2014, she was working multiple internships to put herself through college. And by 2015, she was a college graduate who actually ended up starting her own business. And going into 2020, she is the owner and the CEO of a marketing consultancy with the payroll. Today, I have the honor and the privilege of interviewing one of my dearest friends, Chloe Anagnos. Chloe, thank you so much for, yes, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, We had a robust and exciting topic to talk about. And I just love your story of, you know, kind of like Drake said it best, started from the bottom and now you're here. So walk (laughs) us through that eight year timeline. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so funny because my life looks so different uh, than it was 12 years ago. So when I first started college, um, I went mainly on scholarship. My family had always said that, hey, if you want a four-year degree, you need to figure out a way to to pay for it. So I worked multiple jobs in high school. I worked uh, multiple jobs in college, mainly waitressing at a family restaurant to put myself through school and to just try to give myself some type of financial footing in order to really just try to make it once I um, had graduated from college because, you know, living in a city like Indianapolis, it can get kind of expensive sometimes. So really um, just went from hustling and working all the time and trying, you know, my best just to try to provide for myself and my future. Um, and now I'm, I'm fortunate that I'm still, you know, living comfortably, but I'm also, you know, just trying to be the best leader possible uh, for the folks that I work with, um, for my family and just trying to inspire and encourage along the way. I love that. And I love that story of, you know, the American dream, like funding yourself and putting yourself through college so that you can have a better future. Going off that, you know, you talked about going to college and that being something very important to you. Um, did you have always in the back of your head that you wanted to be an entrepreneur or did that just kind of happen? You know, it's funny. I, I did not want to be an entrepreneur. My dad's an entrepreneur. So is my, um, so are my grandparents, my uncles, the stereotype kind of lives true of Greek Americans. Most of them are self-employed or they have some type of business here in the U S. Um, and I just realized that, Oh, it's so hard. I want to, I just want a nine to five. I want to be in corporate America. Um, I I don't want to put myself, um, through working, you know, 24, seven, 365. And I really, it just kind of happened by accident. And I realized as I went through working for different marketing agencies, working on different contracts, just kind of realizing that, you know, you're not always going to be the smartest person in the room, but realizing that there's going to be a lot of dumb people in the room and that you might as well just go out on your own um, was one of the things that I realized very quickly on. Um, now I would say that, hey, having a nine to five, there's it's a really nice safety net. There's nothing wrong with a nine to five. 
But for me, I just really enjoy being my own boss and answering to myself. It's difficult, but it's definitely worth it in the end. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something that definitely our listeners need to hear is that working a nine to five in corporate America isn't for everyone, just like entrepreneurship isn't for everyone as well. And it's all about finding, you know, what's best for you and your lifestyle. Walk me through, Chloe, back in 2015 about how you accidentally started your business. You know, what was that like? How did it begin? You know, because I think there's some listeners out there who may be where you were in 2015 that feel like they may have something on their hands, but they don't know if it's something that could one day turn into um, a a full-time business for them. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny because when you are known for being someone who studied journalism or telecommunications, or you have a background in photography or videography or something, family, friends, neighbors, people will come out of the woodwork and will say, oh, well, can you videograph or, you know, can you, can you, um, videotape my wedding or can you take pictures at your cousin's baptism or can you help me out in some way, shape or form with tech or with social media? And in 2015, that's really when Instagram started to take off and it was becoming really popular. I think a lot of folks had realized the value and the power of what a personal brand is and what it can do for you. If you want to start a business, if you want to run a campaign, if you want to just be considered a thought leader in your field. Um, And so I really was super active on LinkedIn right when it was becoming um, really popular and really commonplace. And you could do a lot of business on LinkedIn. I would argue that LinkedIn has become a little bit more oversaturated, but I had gotten a LinkedIn message from a, um, colleague of mine that worked in Fishers and that was on the city council. And he had a a race that was upcoming in 2016 and said, Hey, I really want to develop my personal brand. Um, before I get into this 2016 primary election, um, you know, I feel like a lot of people don't know who I am. I noticed that you post all the time on LinkedIn and you're just really active. Is that something that you think you could do for me? And at first I was really flattered and I was like, whoa, I'm just a, you know, I'm just a kid out of college. You want to, you want me to post on LinkedIn and and on Facebook for you? Like that's the dream, right? Um, Because I feel like a lot of folks, especially if they're older, they might not necessarily understand how some of these social media platforms work or how you should optimize them. Um, And so he was technically my first ever client, which was really cool. And from there- from there. And, you know, it's something as simple as, as posting on Facebook four or five times a, a, a week. It's not anything that's that difficult. Um, and, you know, you and I, especially coming from the journalism program at Ball State, it's like, hey, we're taught how to write very well. We're taught how to, you know, do every single aspect of media imaginable. And it's just funny to realize that there are a lot of people who need it, but they don't necessarily know who to ask. So from there, Mm. I had a couple other people in the area that said, oh, you do such and such for Eric. Um, Can you help me? And I was like, oh, sure. And so that quickly became writing op-eds, writing blogs, ghostwriting for other people, running social media accounts. Um, And I just got to the point where it kind of got out of hand. And about a year ago, and this is just so crazy, but about two, three weeks before um, COVID really hit in the U.S., that's when I went full time. 
um, with, with my business. Cause I always had a nine to five and it, everything else with marketing, it was just a side hustle. It was a side hustle. I had a, a small team that I, had, uh, that I had worked with at the time. Um, and now, um, I'm, I'm just doing my thing, but I'm just still doing it remotely. Like so many Americans and so many people around the, the, the world are actually doing. Wow. That's an amazing story. I think it's, it Rahone's true of like this whole idea, start small, think big and scale fast. And then you did exactly that. And I know I probably tell you this all the time, but I am just so proud to see your success um, just unfold in front of my eyes and just see oh, how, you know, you. being your friend and seeing you in college. And then now you're running your own market, marketing consultancy. So I, from the bottom of my heart, am very proud of you and your success that you have had thus far. And I know that it's not the end and not the, you know, the top, you know, there's more to come for you. Oh, thank you. And, you know, it's, it's so cliche, but it's, it's very hard to, to really like see a vision or to come up with, okay, what do I even want to do? Um, I think for a lot of people where you were five years ago is definitely not where you're going to be in 10 years from now. And it's just constantly, it's just constantly trying to figure out, okay, what do I want to do? What makes me happy? And for me being in the nine to five working for corporate America, realizing that, okay, I'm so much more capable than some of these people who run these businesses or, you know, who run even some of these businesses into the ground. Why not just do it for myself? Um, So I think that comes with just having some courage and really just trying to beat imposter syndrome or trying to beat any type of negativity and just saying, hey, I'm going to go for it. Why not? Yes. And speaking of imposter syndrome, like what do you do when it creeps in? Because we all, you know, if you're in corporate America or entrepreneur, we all face it. So what do you do? Oh, yeah. Um, I turn on some gangster rap and <laughs> yes. Uh, well, no, a little bit. I mean, I'll, I'll either like put on some hardcore music or I have um, a really cool whiteboard that I got on Amazon. And if I'm feeling like really defeated or I may be like stuck on an issue for a client or I'm just stuck somewhere or I, I play the comparison game a lot. And I know that you shouldn't compare yourself to other people, but that always creeps in. Um, my husband does a really good job of saying, hey, you basically went and you know, either you did this with your salary and you increased it this way, or you were able to raise this amount of this much money for a nonprofit, or, you know, you have done X, Y, and Z. And I have some of the long-term, long-term wins. Um, and then like, uh, you know, shorter term wins that I keep on the back of a whiteboard in case I deal with imposter syndrome. But then I also kind of like remind myself, you know, you're always going to be surrounded with people who, Uh, maybe they're just like not the brightest or they're not like super competent. And you, I think, remember this story, but I worked with someone who was just absolutely incompetent and would listen to very inappropriate videos uh, in this person's office at one point. This was like five or six, five, six years ago. Oh my gosh. And I just remember sitting there like, this definitely is not appropriate to listen to these type of videos so the whole office can hear it. This person should not be the boss at all. Um, And so I just kind of remind myself of that sometimes. It's like, hey, you technically used to work for this person and now you're the boss. So 
it can only get better from here. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, I want to double click on a couple of things that you just shared. One on having affirmations or just things that you can quickly look at to boost your confidence, right? Being your cheer, you're, you're, you're a number one cheerleader, no matter what it is. And I think that's so important for our listeners to know. So if you don't have, you know, an affirmation board or just things that you have done as far as accomplishments, I recommend all of our listeners to do something like Chloe has, whether it be a whiteboard, whether it be on your laptop, whether it be a screensaver on your phone or your uh, work computer, it's definitely so needed. And then the second thing that you said that I really wanted to double click on was this whole idea of having a community around you and you're specifically as Kyle. But I heard once from a leader at Lily and she said, who you are with is so important, who you marry or who you put around you is so important because they can either build you up or tear you down. And I just think with your example, you just prove that statement to be true. You know, having Kyle or someone, you know, very close to you to tell you who you are when you're not 100% confident in who you are or what you can do is so important. And that's a make or break in relationships or friendships or whatever it may be. So that was just something that I really enjoyed that you shared with our listeners. Well, and I mean, look at you and Darius too. I mean, talk about each other's cheerleaders. And even if your significant other, your partner annoys you sometimes, ultimately they will make or break you. And it's so funny you mentioned Mm -hmm. that because we have, um, Kyle and I have a colleague friend. I mean, we haven't talked to them in a long time, but he gave us that advice, I think back when we were in undergrad and mentioned that sometimes you have to be okay with a partner coming to you and saying, hey, I'm maybe I'm unhappy in my job. I'm unhappy in my career. This job opened up. It's, you know, $25,000 less, but I'm going to be happy every day. And if your partner doesn't only cares about the money and doesn't care about your happiness, then maybe you shouldn't necessarily be together because if you, you know, hate your life every single day going to a job that just is awful, then it's just not going to be worth it in the long run for either of you, for your relationship, for your family, nothing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what, Chloe, that may be a future episode. Maybe me, you, Kyle and Darius can all hop on because that's a conversation that's so needed. You know, it's so true when people say, you know, you're in a partnership, but it's so true. Like, you know, who you surround yourself with and making sure that, you know, you're both being held accountable for your goals, but also that you're being happy. And I believe, I believe that to be true. I know some people don't, but I believe that statement to be a hundred percent true. Well, and you know, I'm great about getting my work stuff done when it comes to stuff around the house. I'm not the best at being accountable. So that's why we have (laughs) multiple whiteboards. It's like, oh, we'll get the cars worked on eventually. I don't really feel like it, but yeah, it's just all about balance and you know, really trying to make it work as best as you can, even though it sounds cliche. I mean, finding someone, a group of friends, a couple friend, I mean, anybody really just to try to hold you accountable because you are who you hang out with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Shifting gears a little bit, Chloe, when did you know that like you had a full-time opportunity on your hands? I know you shared that you had started your full-time consultancy like a few weeks before the pandemic, Um, but what made you actually make that move and that shift? I made the switch a couple weeks before the pandemic hit. Actually, I'm coming up on a year. It was February 27th. Oh, congrats. Thank you. Yeah. And 
it's just so funny because the world shut down like two weeks later, but you know, whatever. Um, that's when I officially made the switch and was a hundred percent full time. I would say probably a year before that I knew I could go full time if I really wanted to. Um, I think I was still kind of scared just to make that switch and something that was really holding me back. And I know this is true for a lot of people who are about our age was that I didn't want to be without health insurance or without any type of company benefits. That can be really difficult. Um, but I will tell you that especially if you're, you know, about 26, you're getting off of your parents' health insurance, um, temporary health insurance for people who are entrepreneurs or like they're technically 1099, according to the government, it's like 75 bucks a month. It's really not that expensive. And the deductible's pretty, I mean, the deductible's not like that high. Um, so I was able to find health insurance before Kyle and I got married in September because I was technically without health insurance for about six, seven months. Um, but I, you know, ended up finding a, um, an alternative to that. So I think that was really something that kind of held me back. Um, and part of it was, I was kind of being lazy and I was like, well, you know, I don't really want health insurance. That's a lot of, that's a lot of paperwork. That's a hard, a lot of hard work. I don't want to look into that. Um, but I would tell anybody who really wants to go out on their own. And I think it's a generational thing too, because my parents didn't want me without health insurance either. And I had turned, yeah. so I was right off of their health insurance. I think that's something to really kind of think about and not make it a, a thing that holds you back. Cause that really held me back for a while, but ultimately, you know, the end of 2018, I knew if I wanted to go off and be full-time, entrepreneur, I could do it, but I held myself back. Um, and you know, looking back, part of me wishes I would have just fully jumped right in, but again, it's God's timing. It's not necessarily mine and I'm still happy with where I'm at. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm happy that you talked about timing because I think timing is so true. Whether someone is religious or not, timing is so important with anything that you do in your life, particularly, uh, when you're starting your own business. My last couple of questions for you, Chloe, is around advice. So the first advice question that I have for you is what advice would you give our listeners who may be where you were in 2015? You know, they're doing a side hustle. They're enjoying the side hustle. It's giving them energy, but they're kind of afraid. Maybe they are afraid of healthcare, which you talked about. Maybe they're afraid that they'll fail. What advice would you give someone who ultimately may want to be a full-time entrepreneur and do what they love full-time? I think the first thing to figure out is your numbers. So for example, if you are working for corporate America or you have a part-time job, or maybe you're getting ready to graduate from college, figure out how much income you need to bring in per month in order to pay your bills, uh, you know, have a little bit left over in savings and then maybe invest figure out what that looks like. And then figure out maybe with your side hustle, Um, you know, how long will it take you? How many more clients, how many more sales do you need to make per month in order to meet that goal? Um, so I kind of like to work backwards because you can say, oh, well, I'm going to, you know, I want to make a million dollars with my business or with my side hustle. Okay. That's great that you want to make a million dollars. How many clients does that mean per month, per week, per day? Yeah. How many sales? Um, so I think starting from there is a really good way to look at it. 
Because if you only need, for example, like $3,000 a month, you know, you're young, relatively healthy, you, you need just basic health insurance that's um, temporary. And, you know, you maybe you've got a couple of roommates, you can make it work. $3,000 for a side hustle, that's, that's not that bad. And you can, from there, can scale pretty quickly. I just use that as an example because I think that's like the average take-home um, for Hoosiers here in the state of Indiana. But I think the big thing is figuring out your numbers. I think second is coming up with some type of business or some type of marketing plan for whatever it is that you're doing in your industry. Um, and then from there, I would also say, if you really want to scale pretty quickly, use other people's money. Don't use your own money. Um, you know, if you can find an investor, if you can get a small business loan from a bank, that's always great. Um, but if you put too much of your own money in, and this happens, I see this a lot with restaurants, especially just because that's where so much of my background and my family's background is, um, you can burn pretty quickly. Um, and I think that 2020 has definitely shown us that. I mean, with the pandemic, so many small businesses, especially restaurants, are closing. Um, so that's just kind of something to keep in mind is figuring out your numbers, having some type of business or some type of marketing plan, and then using other people's money to make your dreams come true. Awesome. Awesome. That's so good. But don't and ask the last me people- any money because I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't ask us either. We don't have any. Yeah. Don't have any. Sorry. <laughs> and then my last question for you, Chloe, just on a personal level, what is the best advice that you have ever received? Um, best, best piece of advice is from my dad, good old Dean. He um, is a competitive golfer. I was too growing up um, and I played high school golf. Didn't want to play in college just because college sports, you know, sometimes it can take the fun out of it. But my dad would always tell me that you have to play your game, meaning you can't be on the fairway on a golf course and you can't be worrying about the next hole. You have to take the game of golf literally stroke by stroke in order to get the lowest score possible so that you can beat your opponent. Um, And I think a lot of that translates over to life really well. I talk about uh, imposter syndrome a lot. I talk about comparison. I can't play my game and try to play somebody else's and continue to compare myself because one, it's not fair. You're in your own lane. You're doing your own thing. You've got your own business, whatever. Um, But it's the same with, it's the same in business. You know, I can't worry about my quarter four sales um, if I haven't even finished up reporting and accounting and whatnot from the first quarter. So it's really just taking as cliche as it sounds, it's taking things step by step, things stroke by stroke until you can get to the finish line. Wow. 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 That is, that is some good life advice. And I think that's something I'm definitely, I know for sure going to apply to my life and in my career. You Anything know, else, Chloe, that you like this? <laughs> oh yeah, on the golf course too. I need you need to get me out there with you. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Don't bring Darius and Kyle though, because they're too competitive and Kyle plays left handed instead of right handed and it gets kind of messy sometimes. Oh boy, and they would just ruin it for us. We wouldn't even have a good time. <laughs> exactly. Well, Chloe, thank you so much for your time today. I know there's so much um that our listeners can take away from your knowledge and your expertise. 
if people would like to connect with you, um, how would you like them to go about doing that? Yeah. Um, so I am at Chloe Anagnos on everything. Um, and my email's just chloeanagnos at gmail.com. Um, always happy to chat with other, you know, like-minded individuals when it comes to business, entrepreneurship, um, mentorship. I think that's so important, especially in a, you know, we're still kind of in the trenches of this pandemic, but when so many professional networking events or conferences get canceled, I think it can get really lonely, especially for entrepreneurs, um, you know, people who are in corporate America. All of us have been working from home for the last year. Um, so I'm always happy to, you know, catch up for virtual coffees, um, be on podcasts to talk about my experience. Um, and you can find me on LinkedIn too, under the same name. You've been listening to All Things Career. Be sure to subscribe to learn more ways to increase your value. Don't let what you learned today go to waste. Leave a review. Let us know how you plan on using today's content to improve your career. Until next time.